think they already brought that forward, don't you? Great job. It, uh, you know, if that didn't stir you, I, well, a couple of things come to my mind there at the end of this. One was how Jesus, whenever he laid hands on somebody and they became healed, what would he always tell them? Take up your bed and walk. So you can't stay where you are and receive what God has for you. I don't care what it is. You have to make a move in God by faith. That's, that's how you've determined to declare that what you believe what God has said. So, you know, you can, you can be like I used to be. You can be skeptical. I understand that. I get all that. But if God has moved on your life, you need to put that into action. And you need to make, it, make a move on it. The second thing that come to my mind, and some of you are going to understand this, and I never thought about it till today. The old timers always said this. How does March come in? Like a lion. Guess who Jesus is? And it goes in, goes out like what? A lamb. They always were talking about weather. We may be talking about the spirit this month. Because he definitely come in like a lion today. Don't ever just write off things. Pastor Chris says, test the spirit, see if they're of God. You know how you do that? You prove it out over time. You walk with people. You, you take what's said and you apply the word to your life. I've been talking to you about godly vision for your life and for my life. And let me read you a scripture that I've been reading because it, it got a whole new sense to me this week. Because it says in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, which in the Amplified says, no revelation of God in his word, the people are unrestrained. Meaning we go and we do whatever we want to do. And I began thinking about how in the body of Christ, we always want revelation. But this is what I believe the Lord shown me with something that I read just even this morning. Revelation without application is worthless. Revelation without application. That means you can sit in the church every day the rest of your life and get all the revelation you want. And unless you apply it, nothing changes. Somewhere you've got to take what you know and you've got to put it into work. It, it's got to make a difference. If what word you know applied to your life hasn't affected you, then can I tell you something? It's still up here. It's got to get down in here. And I can tell you what God's trying to teach us like last week, what did I say? There is a way that seems right. The ways of the Spirit will not make sense to you. That's why you trust in the Lord with all your heart and you don't lean on your own understanding. Our own mind is our worst enemy because we have to try to figure it out. We, what we do, we try to bring God down on our level because we can't under, we're trying to bring God down to where it makes sense to us. Can I tell you something? If God makes sense to you, it's not the God we serve. You've got another God. But when you begin to let him reveal himself, and then you take that revelation and you begin to applying it and making application with it, meaning you begin to move on it and you begin to, to, to say, okay, this is what he said, this is what the word says, I'm going to make a move in faith in it, then guess what? That's when the word becomes alive. 
The Word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, but it's just a book unless you apply it to your life. The Bible says what we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. How is our mind renewed? By the Word of God. That is the renewing force that God has given us to, to begin to see the change and transformation. Can I tell you something? The Hope Center is built because I believe God wants to see lives transformed. He, does, he wants to see us saved, but salvation is the beginning step of a transformed life. He wants to see us begin to operate in the things that he's called us to do. Some of that you saw today. I've watched great transformation in many of your lives. And that's exciting to me. You know why? Because that's the way God works. He moves us from faith to faith to glory to glory. He doesn't take us and just say, that's it. You're just now ready for heaven. Go on. He says, no. I brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this. I brought you in for such a time as this. You were born for such a time as this. Some of you need to understand that. You think you live life, instead of living life on purpose, you're living life just like you're going through it. Can I tell you, that will never bring you to and allow godly vision to ever develop and manifest in your life. But if you begin to believe, I could have been born at any time in the, in, 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 up until this time, but some reason God has me on the earth now. Now. He has you right now sitting in this church now. You could have been anywhere today. He has you living where you're living right now. He has you working where you're working or whatever. Take it down any road you want. But when you go down those roads, what you understand is because he has something for you to do. Something for you to do. The Lord spoke to me when we started the Hope Center. And he gave me two scriptures that are very common scriptures that were one of the foundations. Matthew 22, I believe it's 37, he says this, he says, we are to love the Lord God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then we're to love our neighbor, how? As ourselves. So what is our responsibility as believers? To love God. Now catch this, this is where most of us mess up because we think, and it's to love our neighbor. Well, what else, who else have we got to love? Ourselves. So many of our lives have come up where loving ourselves is difficult. And what God is trying to get us to do is understand that there's some things that have to take place in our life to ever take us and, and to be able to, for us to embrace fully godly vision for our life. You've got to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That means that what? That we love, our, love Him unconditionally because he loved us unconditionally meaning that we just give ourselves to him totally and then we love ourselves because it's out of that love of ourselves guess what and that love of God then we can love others you see you can't love somebody else appropriately if you don't love God and you don't love yourself you can't do it it'll be it won't be a correct love it'll be a love with an agenda or a motive It'll be a love that's not unconditional, but it's based on conditions, meaning you loved me, so I will love you. That's how most of us love, if we're honest, isn't it? You didn't love me right, so I ain't loving you right. You love me right, I love you right. I mean, that happens in marriage all the time. Where the Bible tells us that the agape love, the love that, that, that God has for us, is unconditional. You know what that means? That means that even when I don't deserve it, he gives it to me. And when you don't deserve it, he gives it to me, and, and you. And guess what? 
None of us deserve it. None of us deserve it. God told us at that time, not only is that going to be the foundation, you know what's really cool about that? Because that question, the reason those scriptures come up in the Bible when you read them, is somebody was questioning Jesus. What is the most important thing? He said, what's the most important commandment? And he gives him two things. They're connected. He doesn't just say love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He says love God, then love yourself enough so you can love your neighbor. And out of that, what God began showing me when we started was this, that we had a responsibility and that God had given us a mandate, if you will, to be people who went out and were, our focus was to bless our community. The things you see now, many of them flew, I would say, flow, flowed out of that. They flowed out of the idea that God had called the Hope Center to bless. If you haven't been here before or long, you don't understand. You might just hear that word. But that word meant believe, love, encourage, strengthen, and serve. As an acronym is how we used it. Believe, love, encourage, strengthen, and serve. Believe God, believe in others, love God, love others, encourage everyone you meet, strengthen people you meet, and serve them. That was, that was how we have built this foundation. But God showed me something, and I believe even today that some of this is, is this move idea is the shift that God showed me. He showed me this during the fast. And if you remember, I've been preaching out of John 4 with the woman at the well. And the shift that Jesus made in her when he met her is what God spoke to me out of. Because she had came to get a drink of water and Jesus said, no, you give me a drink if you knew who I was. And God began speaking to me. He said, I'm wanting you to make a shift at this season. I'm wanting you to shift from a church that blesses to being a blessing. Now that doesn't mean much to you except maybe this when I explain it. God told me that it's easy for us to come in and out of this building and say, man, those folks, that church, they really bless people. You know what? They bless people. They give out food. They, give, they, they have a meal on Monday nights. That church I go to, they take care of kids. Man, you wouldn't believe the stuff they do. They bless people. And you know what? They, it, it's just hard to believe all the stuff they do. And what God began to show me is this. And this is why it's important for everybody that's here, especially if you're part of the Hope Center. God said, here's the shift. It's moving from that to blessing. And blessing is an individual decision. God says, I want you to get to the place where you stop looking at the Hope Center that it blesses and begin looking at your life and saying, am I blessing? Who am I blessing? How is my life blessing? I believe God has called us in this season to make a shift to where the impact comes when each one of us, under the sound of my voice, take out not only what we got here today and what we're getting and what the Word says to do and begin being a blessing to some people that we never may never even know or may not deserve it. Blessing. It's the next season for the Hope Center. It's where we individually take on the responsibility in our lives of affecting change in others. You see, often 
you know, people will talk and they'll say, well, Pastor Bruce, you do this. It's like, it's like they're on the outside looking in. Friend, you're not on the outside looking in. If you're part of the Hope Center, you're on the inside, inside, taking out whatever God brings in. I don't want you on the outside looking in. You may feel that way. That was never our intention. You're here to be able to take out whatever you get and to bless others with it. And to be a blessing in your workplace, a blessing in your home. A blessing wherever you go. You know what? Every person we greet's life should be better because we're in it. Can I be honest? They're not always with mine. But that's what I'm aiming for. And if we don't aim, guess what? We don't hit no target. How many of y'all know that? That's why it's important to get a revelation. What I want you to do is get a revelation. I, I, am a, I am someone who has carrying a blessing. I can bless people. My life is a blessing. What God has done in my life is I can give it to others and I can begin to declare and show others. And I'm telling you, around this room, I know it's true. I know it's true. But too many of you don't feel like you've got anything to give. You see, you've got to be blessed to give a blessing, don't you? He... In Genesis 12, what did he tell Abraham? He said, he said, Abraham, go from where you are, from your country, your family, everything, and I'm going to bless you. Why? So you can be a blessing. But can I tell you, God said today, some of you don't see the blessing that I see. Some of you don't know the blessing that you are. Some of you, the enemy has kept you from using the blessing that you've got. And, and he wants to take us to a time now where we begin to look at our lives daily. Daily. And we go about seeing what God wants us to do. You see, a godly vision without action doesn't mean much. It just makes us feel good. I've heard of people say, God, show me I'm going to do all this stuff, and guess what? They never do it. Can I tell you what, what good is that? What good is that? That has no value at all. When God shows you something, guess what should follow? Action. We should be moving. We should be doing. Now, it doesn't mean we do it immediately because there's timing in God. But you know what? Some actions ought to be taking place. That's like where we're talking about moving today. You know what? You've got to begin to move. You've got to begin to move in faith. Some of you begin to need to begin to do and, and move towards the things God's laid on your heart. If I hadn't have moved in that, then I wouldn't have been able to do what I'm doing now. If I had just stand back and said, you know what? I, you know, uh, God's going to do something. Well, you know what? In the midst of it, we, we believed he was, and, and we had movement with that. And we began taking responsibility for our actions and began reaching out and trying to be, be a, a, an, I guess, an encouragement for other people. The Bible tells us faith without works is dead. Guess what? God wants us to see our place, and he wants us to begin to be blessing. He wants us to bless. You know, today, I was thinking, Pastor Chris, when we were talking about all that, I was thinking about how many people I wonder really believe God loves them. Really believe God loves them. You see, if you really believe God loves you, it's easier to receive all this stuff. But if you feel condemned, if you feel ashamed, if you feel everything except that you're accepted by the Father, that you're not living up to the standard, whatever that is, and that you're not loved, can I tell you, it's hard to receive. Hard to receive. And often because of the background many of us have been through, can I be honest? Makes it hard. But God says, I want you to know your love today. 
If you don't know anything else when you leave today, I'm going to tell you, you need to begin to tell yourself, God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. Some of you just need to tell yourself that. You may have to tell yourself that to ever get yourself where you can believe you can love others because you're never going to love correctly without believing God loves you. And I can assure you, I know there's people here today that don't believe that. But your mind's going to be transformed as you begin telling yourself that. God loves me. He's proud of me. I'm his child. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter what Pastor Bruce thinks. It don't matter what my dad thinks. It don't matter what my mama thinks. It don't matter. God loves me. I'm helping some of you if you listen and you'll begin applying it. God loves me. Can I tell you, you need to be able to say that with a belief in your heart. And he loves you for who you are. Like me. Because you'll never be a blessing to someone because you'll never pour out of the right kind of love if you don't understand that he loves you. He loves me. He loves you. Yeah, am I saying it a lot? Yeah, because I got to get it down in some of you. He loves you. I wish I could play a uh, I, I, you know how old I am? I'm going to say a tape player, Brad. You know how old I am? I don't have tape players no more, I don't think. <laughs> Recording, looping it, whatever they call that. I, on your computer, whatever, however you do that stuff, I don't know how to do it. He loves you. God loves you. I can assure you there's people here today that have trouble believing that. That's why you need to declare those things over your life. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the more you hear what the word says about you, it's going to begin to transform your mind in ways that is going to attack what the enemy's been saying. Because the enemy's going to tell you everything except what God says. How many figured that out? And every lie that you believe of his begins to try to taint what God's trying to do in your life and in my life. It's a shift that needs to be necessary. God loves you. Let me go on because I'm short on time and I'll cut right through to where I was going. You see, you do have something to bless others with. God loves you. He's forgiven you. He's healed you maybe. There's Cindy's testimony. I know he's healed others. He's given you another chance. What has he done? You got something to bless others with. You may not recognize it, but we all do. The men at Real Men, all of you guys that came and helped build that wall, what a blessing. I appreciate it. Because we were trying to pull together because we knew we needed to build. And we still got more to do. You know what? You didn't get a chance to make it and you're off and you say, Pastor Bruce, I'd like to come help. You know, we still got to set some up, got to build a few more panels. Let me know. That's all at our other facility if you don't know about it. You know why? Because that's moving forward for us. That's part of what we had to do. And thank you for your our hard work. We've done it a couple times now because that's how we're getting projects done. That's how God's using the real men in this group. You don't know about real men? Thursday nights. Thursday night, at, we call it 360 Hope. It's on 360 Commerce Street off East Chester. You're welcome to come if you're a man. And all the women that try to sneak in because the food's good, you're not welcome. Just let you know. You can't come. They try it on me every week. I'm surprised they ain't come in reverse drag yet, whatever you call that. I, I'll get off of that. Some meals, they really come more than others, but they come frequently, pretty frequently try to sneak in on it. But men, you are. 
<laughs> Tom just sitting over there saying, I can't believe he said that. Pray for me, brother. What can I say? They may not remember nothing else I say, but they'll remember that, right? God still loves me. Amen. I'm glad of that. See, I can tell you God loves you because I know he loves me. And if he can love me, loving you will be easy. Amen. You know, I, loving you is going to be a cakewalk, man, compared to loving me, I can tell you. He should have kicked me out a long time ago. You know, if, if, he re, if we really believed the stuff that our, the enemy tries to get us to believe, I wouldn't be here. Can I be that honest? He'd have run me off a long time ago. He'd say, get that clown out of here. What is, what is he doing up there? He ain't got no business. It'd be true. Can I be honest? It would be true. But he doesn't love that way. He doesn't love that way. Hey, JC, turn that fan up just a little higher speed over there. You know how to do that, or Adam. I know it's warm. We're in that season where it's hard to get the right temperature. It's got the four or five, just turned up to about a five probably. We don't want to blow the curtains down. But... <laughs> Let me go on. We got something to bless others with, amen? Let me read you this though. John, 1 John 3, 17 and 18, it says, But whoever has the world's goods, adequate resources, and sees his brother in need, but has no compassion for him, how does the love of God live in him? Little children, which are believers, dear ones, he says, let us not love, mere, not, let us not love merely in theory, with word or with tongue, giving lip service to compassion, but in action and truth, in practice and in sincerity, because practical acts of love are more than words. God's vision for us to begin to being a blessing, our place in that. You know, a lot of people can talk a good game. A lot of people can talk about a lot of stuff. But can I tell you, talk's cheap. How many of y'all found that out? You live long enough, you know talk's cheap. Real love plays out how? Somebody really loves you in actions, doesn't it? That's how we judge whether somebody loves us. Let their words and their actions line up. That's why a lot of times marriages don't make it. Somebody want to say, I love you, but their actions don't line up. I get it. You know, it happens in church. It happens all over. You know what? Our actions and our words should line up if we're going to love the way God loves. Am I right? Now, we mess up. Yeah, we all do. All of us mess up. All of us don't love like... God loves. If we did, we'd be God. But you know what? He tries to get us to. His desire is for us to love that way. Not to love conditionally, but love according to an unconditional love that looks past the problems, looks past the difference, says, I, I'm going to serve you because I love you, not because of something you've done for me. Love takes action. And we never walk in God's vision for our life until our words and our actions line up. Talk won't get it. Somewhere along the line, action has to happen. Same way with blessing. A lot of people talk about serving, but serving starts with taking action. That's how it starts. And God wants us to begin to look at others the way we could bless them because blessing others is the way God's love flows what? Out of us. Think about it. When I bless others is how I show the love of God. When, when I'm focused on them and not me, then the love of God that's in me can begin to flow out of me. But when I'm focused on me, then guess what? I'm not ever going to be thinking about others. This scripture says, you know what? If you've got the love of God in you, then our actions should show it. And there are five things I'm going to cover quickly 
so before I get out of here, because I think it's important for us to say this is how blessing should play out in our life. This is how when we leave this building today, blessing will play out in our life. And this is what's going to be needed. And it's found in the scripture. And the scripture starts out, he says, first of all, he says, whoever has the world's goods, adequate resources. First, number one thing we have to do if we're going to bless people is be open to using our resources. Here's the key to that. What has God given you? You see, the problem for most of us, we think we get our own stuff. We think we go to work, we make our own money, it's our stuff, it ain't nobody else's stuff, keep your hands off my stuff. But guess what? Unless God gives you the breath to breathe, unless he gives you the ability to work, you know what my Bible says? He gives us the power to get wealth in Deuteronomy 8. So unless you understand that whatever you and I have, every one of us, somehow God entrusted us with it and he moved it into our hands as a resource, we will never be open to using our resources to be able to be used by God. Now, we think about that and a lot of times that is money, but it's not always money. I mentioned the real men. It's sometimes skills. It's sometimes talent. Our resources are more than just money. Money is a part of it. I can tell you, for me, it's often people that I know that I could open the door for someone else with. That's often a resource that I have. And the Hope Center's built on being a resource. It's built on that. Part of what I want you to understand, part of the blessing comes out of the fact that we are a resource. We have the ability to bless others often with things that come through. The table's set up so you can come in on Monday night and get a chance to serve and bless others if you don't feel like you can do it in other ways. I love it when I see some little kid sweeping or there's a young handicapped girl that'll be back there one day tearing down boxes. You know what the whole idea was? That anybody that came in could serve and be a blessing. That was the goal. And that not only could that happen, but that you could come in whenever you wanted to and serve as well. Because we're here to bless. But God wants you to be a blessing. Resources. He may just give you two arms, a strong back, two legs. Can I tell you, around here, that's a really good resource. When we unloading trucks, when we building walls, when we doing stuff, lifting stuff, that's a good resource. In about 20 minutes, I can use that resource. We'll tear down all these chairs and these walls. I need some folks that, have, that will take some of that on. I was thinking about it. Over the last few days, seven years, Pastor Chris, Pastor Tom, myself, and AJ and the worship team, we've set up church as well as DT's crowd every week, what you see every week. I need some men or some women or some people who will take on some responsibility and say, you know what, I can't do everything else, but I can be a resource for that. I can stay 15 minutes after church and not have to get home to my roast and help tear down the walls. Because it takes it. It takes people. Friend, all of this is a big picture thing. Guess what? I can't be a blessing to you if you ain't got no place to sit. We have to decide. And God has placed us here, then we have a part. Every one of us has a part to play. And don't feel bad. Your part may not be somebody else's part. Only at McDonald's is parts parts, okay? It is what it is. 
But you know what? If we're going to continue to grow like God has blessed us, if we're going to continue to grow individually, can I tell you, getting outside of ourselves, dying to ourselves, putting ourselves sometimes in uncomfortable positions is part of God's way of growth. And you have to choose it. Nobody can make you do it. I can ask you to do it, and you can grumble about it and fuss about it. That ain't going to grow you. All that's going to do is you're just going to do it. But I'm talking about staying with it and doing it and doing it unto the Lord. It would be a blessing to do that. It would be a blessing. You know, I was thinking about it right now today, probably more than this. You know, I don't know, probably 130, 40 people in here today. What if every day, just this month, we woke up and every one of us decided we were going to be a blessing to somebody that day? Intentionally. Intentionally. We looked out for somebody Tyler, that we could bless. Somehow, somebody's life was going to be better because I was in. What would the impact be like in the end of, of the, just a month? You see, I thought about the early church, Chris, and in Acts 2.42, when they had such a transformation on the day of Pentecost, and people were saved, and everything happened. You know what happened? They began meeting together every day. It says they met from house to house. That means they were some folks that cooked. That's a resource. They didn't have microwaves because they ate meals together and they worshiped and prayed together. And you know what they even did? <laughs> they sold all their stuff. Now this is crazy. That's how crazy these people were. And they put it all together so nobody had any needs. I just preached that message, man. You ought to have a new pastor tomorrow, wouldn't you? <laughs> or you'd have a new church, one or the other, all right? And you know what's awesome about that story? I don't see nobody told them to do anything. Somehow there was a supernatural move. It was a supernatural thing. They needed each other. We need each other. We don't understand it. We need to be around people who are blessings. And we need to be a blessing. And we need to be around believers who are strong believers. And we need to be around some folks that will challenge us. And we need to be around some folks that will say, you know what, I need you to do this for me. And you know what, and then we need to be around some folks we can say, and I need you to do this for me. Because we're all in this together. And we're all working. And we're all trusting God. And we're all on this journey. And we're all walking towards our, the glorious heavenly home that we've got if we're a believer in Jesus Christ. But right now, we're trying to manifest the love that he's shown us. That's what we're trying to do. And that love happens through just normal interactions often. Or it doesn't. Man, I'm telling you, I hope somebody gets... I, you know, if I get 20% if I get to get it, I'm going to tell you, this place will be packed out. Not because I'm looking for that, but because, you know what, we're blessing folks. We're blessing. I want, that's what I want people to say, man, those folks are a blessing. And I hear it a lot, I'll be honest with y'all. I hear it a lot. But guess what? I don't want to hear it from a few. I want to hear it from everybody. I want them to say, you know what, them people go to the Hope Center, man, what a blessing they are to me. You know what, I was at work the other day and I had a job that I couldn't get done by myself and they stayed after and helped me. They weren't even on the clock. Pastor Bruce, are you crazy? Yeah, I really am. You know why? Because love's going to prove itself in ways when other people don't do it. You know what, you can't, you know what, you want to prove real love, it ain't going to make no sense to other folks. They're going to think you crazy. 
They're going to call you brown nose. Amen. Can I be that real? I know y'all can't stand me to be that real, but I lived in the real world. I know what it's like. You're sucking up to the boss. You think you think you're going to get a raise. I'm going to get one because Jesus is in charge of my life. I don't know about you. You may be out the door, baby. I don't know about you. I'm getting one up in here. You ain't getting one. Amen. Hey. Hey, I think that's the first time I've heard him agree. And no, I'm messing with him. I'm messing with him. He works for me if you didn't know that. Amen. That was funny, though, by the way. That's one thing you learn about us if you're around here a little bit. We laugh some. You know why? Because life's tough. And sometimes we need to laugh. But you know what? God's good, and that ain't never changed. I don't care what you're going through today. None of that changes nothing. God's good, and he's faithful, and he'll be faithful to you. And he hadn't changed, and he never will. And I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what the enemy tells you. And the love that he's shown you and shows me is so we can pour it out to others. He goes on. I know I got five points. I'm only on one. It's going to move quicker. See, <laughs> seeing the need, okay? Second thing, I, how are you going to be a blessing? You got to see the need. What does he say? If you see your brother in need, you got to see the need. You know what? One of the main stories is, is found in the Word of God where it's talking about what? The Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan, what happened to him? He saw a need of a guy. The religious people walk by it. Often we'll walk by. That's somebody else's problem. That ain't mine. That must, that's their problem. It ain't my problem. You know what? I got my own problems. I ain't got time for your problem. You know, we all got problems. Can I be honest? Everybody breathing got a problem. I'm not cutting down your problem. I'm just telling you this. I'm just saying, you know what? Sometimes God puts you across the need because you're the one he wants to see it. Did you hear me? Sometimes the thing in front of you is a need you can see because he wants you to see it. And he don't just want to show it to you. He wants to show it to you so you do something about it. It's easy to walk by needs and see, and see stuff and say, you know what, that ain't my problem. You know, I got bigger problems. I got more problems than that. We see them all the time, don't we? You know what, it's their own fault. You know what, they probably out there doing dope. They out there drinking. They out there doing whatever. That's why they're living like that. Y'all still love me? See the need. You got to be able to see past what's going on and see the need. It's a problem. But God, he wants us to see it, so we'll do something about it. Number three going on. Not only must we see the need, but we must be living in compassion where we care about others. What did it say? If we see our brother in need and have no compassion for him. We're living in a cynical time in our society. Can I tell you, it's hard to keep your heart right. It's hard to not be hardened. It's hard to want to, to wanna help people sometimes because you feel like you're taking advantage of. You know whose business that is? That's God's. 
You don't got to worry about it. If God puts it on your heart and you do something about it to bless somebody and you find out they went and done smoke crack with it, can I tell you that's their bit. That's between them and God. That ain't between you and God. Now, I'm telling you, use wisdom, use judgment, do what you know to do, you know, but in the midst of it, you got to understand that God put it on your heart for a reason. And that reason may have been they just needed to know somebody cared. I don't know what the reason is. I'm not God. But I know one thing. If we're going to be a blessing, we got to bless out of compassion. If you, here's the problem. Too many of us bless out of, uh, out of duty. We bless out of duty. We can serve out of duty. That's one of the main things I think the enemy's tried to do with us sometimes here at Hope. Serve out of duty. I'm talking about love today, friends. I'm talking about a godly vision for yourself where you can see the love of God flowing through you and that you have the potential to be a blessing to a world that needs to see it. Duty will never do and operate in compassion. It's when you're willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. That speaks to an attitude and that speaks to action. If you do it out of duty, can I tell you something? Don't expect to be blessed. Don't expect to be blessed. God's not going to bless our duty. God blesses our heart. I'd rather see, you know what, so don't just say I'm going to do it because I got to. Can I tell you? Just be honest. Say, man, I don't, I don't think I'm going to do that. Well, that's fine. God's got somebody else to do it then. But a lot of times it's just you being hard-headed. Amen? Hallelujah. We're in deep enough now, I might as well go the whole way. Because what did I say? He's shown you the need. He shows you the need. He reveals it. Now, we don't like it because it's often uncomfortable. It's going to require something of us. It's going to take away from our time we got for ourselves. Friend, our life is not our own. Nothing we have is our own. We've been bought with a price. The blood of Jesus, the greatest price that was ever paid. And in that, it's because he wanted us to, he showed us his love so we can show that love to others. And compassion is a big part of it. And here's the key to compassion. Let me give you a definition real quick. Compassion is a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is strengthened by misfortune. But catch this, accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. So you can't have compassion and not take action. That won't matter. It's not real compassion. Real compassion takes action. And often, what I have found is real compassion comes out of this, out of what you've been through yourself. I've watched single moms try to help other single moms because they knew what it was like. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't understand what it's like, but I ain't never been one. God will give me wisdom because he does that. God will give me the spirit of God to move in. I've watched people that have had been sick with cancer minister to other people sick with cancer. Me, when I had a heart attack, I can tell you I have much more compassion for people with health issues than I used to. I didn't understand it back in when I was younger. When I was younger, I thought you just, get, you just believe the word, you get healed, and you move on. But I learned after that that, you know what, sometimes it's a process. Sometimes you don't understand how God's going to work. And in it, you've got to do your part. Number four, love unconditionally. We covered that pretty well because it doesn't matter really who it is and whether they deserve love or not. If you're going to begin blessing people, you bless people. You don't judge it whether they deserve it. And blessing will always challenge your love walk. What did he say? 
He's challenging them right here in these set of scriptures because he says, you know what, this is how you manifest and show the love of God. And if you don't do it, then you've got to question the love of God you're walking in. You've got to question it. I have to question it. Unconditional love, guess what? I'm going to do it even if, here's the key, don't expect a thank you. Too many people think somebody's going to come up and thank them. They ain't going to thank you. They may cuss you. It doesn't change the blessing. I'm here to bless. You're here to bless. If you do it for the right reason, it'll be a blessing no matter what. And number five, and the last one, is blessing takes practical action. It looks for ways to bless. Matthew 25, he says this. He says, you know how you're going to, to a believer, he says, when you were hungry, when you were thirsty, when you were naked, when I was sick, when I was in prison and you visited me. Practical action, friends. You want to know how to begin blessing folks? Begin feeding. Begin giving them something if they're thirsty. You know what? I believe that's Jesus for us. Clothes to those that are naked, visiting the sick, visiting those in prison, and not just prison with bars, but sometimes prison where you know they are bound up and they ain't locked up yet. Y'all know what I mean? I believe both. He said that's what people in heaven, that's those that are going to be chosen to go to heaven do. He said enter in because when you've done it to the least of these, what did he say? You've done it to me. You've done it to me. He's called us to be a blessing. He's called us to be a blessing. And a blessing flows through the heart of a servant. I'm going to read this scripture and I'm going to shut up. Matthew 20, 25 through 28, the Passion Translation. The disciples had been arguing about basically who was the greatest. And who was going to, and the mother of two of them wanted to know if they could sit at Jesus' right hand and left hand. And Jesus answered them because they'd all been arguing, said this, knowing their Jesus, knowing their thoughts, called them to his side and said, Kings and those with great authority in the world rule oppressively over their servants or subjects like tyrants. But this is not your calling. You will lead by a completely different model. The greatest among you will be one who will live as the one who is called to serve others. Because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. For even if the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. You may never be called to preach. You may never be called to teach. But we're all called to serve. And we're all called to be a blessing. If Jesus is your Lord, you have something that people need. Stand with me today. So what's your part? What's your part? It's finding people to bless. It's finding things you can do. It's finding ways you can serve. It's finding things that God has placed in front of you. That people, whoever you bless, may never set foot in any church you're at. That has nothing to do with anything. It has to do with the heart that desires to be a blessing, that flows out of the love of Jesus. Can I tell you, when you do that, 
here's what's going to happen. Your life's going to change. God's going to take care of some of your problems. Some of the weights that you've been carrying is going to fall off your shoulders. Some things you've been focused on, your focus is going to go away. God's going to begin working in your life in ways that he hasn't worked before because now he can entrust you with things because you are being faithful. Now with small things, guess what he does? He makes you ruler over more things. If you're not faithful where you're at, he doesn't do that. It starts out small. But if we'll start where we're at with the people around us, with the things we can do, and not get caught up in all the junk, watch what God will do. My challenge is you for this month, the month of March, you find somebody every day you can be a blessing to. And if you want to find more than one, but at least one, it may be you have to pick up the phone and call. It may be you just shoot somebody a text. It may be you write them a card. It may be, I don't know what it is. That's between you, them, and God. But I can tell you, if you'll begin putting yourself out there and say, you know what? I'm going to make somebody's life better today. Wouldn't you like it if somebody did that for you? Wouldn't it be awesome if every day you knew, you know what, my life's going to be a better day because there's somebody thinking about me. There's somebody that's got me on their heart. There's somebody that wants to bless me. Friend, I can tell you one thing. When you're at the place you need it and somebody does it, it's life-changing. Life-changing. This month has the potential to be totally transformational. You'll take this word today. And what have we been saying? Move on. Move on. Pastor Bruce, I just got so much hurt, I understand. I'm not asking you to do something God won't give you the grace to do. What I'm asking you to do is trust Him when you put yourself out there that He will show up. It may be to pray for someone. It may be to cook a meal for someone. It may be to invite somebody out to eat if you don't cook. I don't know what it is. I don't even know what a blessing needs to look like all the time. The other day I was at Sam's. This little woman about that tall was trying to load cases of water in her car. You know what? She looked at me. I looked at her and I thought, she needs help. I can do that. She wasn't going to ask. I went over, I grabbed the water, put it in her cart, and I didn't stop there. You know what I did? I took her cart and put it back in the basket, or in the basket holder. You know why? Because it's the right thing to do. You can't pick up water. Don't matter. Don't have to. Do something else. Just do something. Do something. Bless people. We're moving from being from blessing, from the word bless to blessing. And the ING, I believe, right now means because individuals need God. Individuals need God. Yeah, I, I like acronyms. You know why? Because I can remember them. And it helps you too. Because individuals need God. Who needs God around you? Start there. Just love on them. I don't know what it looks like. 
They may be the meanest people you know. You may just need to be nice. That may be a blessing. Ain't nobody else nice to them. A smile goes a long way when everybody else is mean, I can tell you. And when you're mean. Ask God to show you. He'll do it. I love you. I know I'm long. Hopefully the roast didn't burn. I'm going to pray and close. Take this to heart. And do something with it. And I'll, I can tell you one thing. Your life will never be the same. It won't take 30 days. But in 30 days, I believe you'll see manifestations you haven't saw. Because all of a sudden you've laid down your desires and you've taken on God. God loves you, right? He loves you. He loves you. And He loves you so you can love yourself, then you can love others. Get that part right. If you don't know God loves you today, can I tell you, you can. Bow your heads with me. I don't know if everybody here knows Jesus, but today can be your day. I'm going to pray in a moment. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you say, Pastor Bruce, I'm not sure God loves me. In fact, I don't know how He could. Would you pray for me? I'm going to pray. You might say, Pastor Bruce, I've made so much mistakes. I've made a lot of errors. I don't know how he could love me. I'm having trouble loving myself. If that's you, raise your hand. I want to play with you. I know that. I know we all make them. See those hands. We've all made them. And he loves you right where you're at. If you've never accepted Jesus, then today's your day. I want to pray. See one of us pastors afterward and let us know that that was the choice you made. You can start by being a blessing. Father, I thank you for our time together today. I thank you you have moved on our behalf. You have showed up in our life. You have showed up in our worship. And God, I believe you're showing up now as we take you out of this building with us in our renewed sense, purpose, and direction. We love you, Lord, and I thank you for loving us. You're making us individually a blessing. People who believe, love, encourage, and strengthen individuals who need God. Because, Lord, we got a lot of folks out here that don't know you, and we do. So, Lord, we love you. Help us to love them not only this day, but throughout this month as we intentionally bless the folks around us and those that we might come in contact with with the love you've shown us. I pray for those today that might not know that love, that that love will be real to them as you show them what you're doing. And I thank you for your faithfulness now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Remember the table. Amen. God's faithful. What a great day to be alive. Amen. God bless you.